This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your relatively new host, Sengda, and today I have with me our Bombay boy, Gaurav, our little protege, Ayush. Hi, mommy. <laughs> Hi, Sengda. Little protege and Bombay boy and all that. And a very special guest, Aishwarya, who's a reporter at The Quint. Uh, Aishwarya, thanks for making time in spite of your bad health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You're welcome. So what have you guys been up to? Barush, you want to take that? You have a very active yeah, Instagram. Yeah, you were missing I have very last week. Instagram. Because uh, of, yeah. I, don't, I, I shouldn't bring that up actually. Because no. of, no, in fact, you should bring <laughs> it up. Because of agitated bowel movements. <laughs> <laughs> That's the euphemism you all should be looking for. Uh, actually, um, I was in Shah Jahanpur. Did we talk about that? So mm-hmm. we would, um, I was covering the whole Chinmayanan yes. scandal. And now it's a scandal we'll know soon enough. And I did a story on how Chinmanan had something to do with the Asaram case. Besides that, it's been in-house stuff. What about you? Uh, bro, my dog is only court today. But uh, some of the interesting stuff we did, most of it last week, this week is relatively new. So we don't know of all the action. But uh, Chidamram is going to be produced in court on Thursday yeah. once again for his surrender application to the ED. That should be interesting to watch out for. And Priya Ramani's hearing, you find yeah. interesting. Yeah, the two Priya Ramani hearings. When was that hearing? One Saturday, ko tha, ah. ek tha, on Monday. So kal, one what was the color of uh, nail polish? Wo karte hai na, host host yeah, yeah. Sawal. Oh, he'll be asked. We'll, we'll, we'll get nah. to it, Ayush. <laughs> Calm down. And uh, Ishwarya? Uh, over the last week, um, I've done a story on the Tabriz and Sari case. I broke a story. Um, on the charge sheet uh, that the police filed the charge sheet last month and they dropped the murder charge and mm-hmm. of course the various bizarre arguments around it and I went to the Uband and I interviewed uh, the Jamiat Ulema Hind head Jamiat Ulema Hind head Maulana Arshad Madni who had met uh, Mohan Bhagwat who is the RSS chief two days before that to ask him why he was going to meet him and what was the point of the meeting Great. So before we get on with this podcast, I want to tell you guys about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So please subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. And listeners, if you are tuning into this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher or SoundCloud, don't forget to head to our website www.newslaundry.com to check out the other cool stuff that we do. Okay, now without further ado, let's begin with the most bizarre news stories you guys have read this week. Yeah. <laughs> Gaurav, why don't you start? We can make sure, see, I made notes and all, bro. So I don't <laughs> check it out. So the most bizarre piece of news that I read was actually this morning. Hmm. The VP of Goldman Sachs, uh, Ashwini Junjunwala, yeah. has been booked by the police in Bangalore for 38.4 crore gambling uh, debt. Wow. So she was ba- uh, he was basically into a lot of online poker. And uh, he's been refused loans and all before as well. But now he had uh, made a dubious transaction to one of the Hong Kong companies for 38.4 crores, which he was down in poker. And uh, yeah, he has a gambling problem. <laughs> oh, I, I have a bizarre story actually. Yeah. Uh, in US, it's an international bizarre story. Mm. In Florida, there was a breaking at a person's house. Mm-hmm. And the actually the guy who broke in mm. didn't steal anything. He started cooking breakfast. <laughs> 
for himself or yeah, for himself okay it was 4 am in the morning and when the guy uh, the who owned the house when he woke up <laughs> so the burglar told him to shut up and go to sleep and then he called the, and then he then he called 911 the guy escaped so i this was in times of india so yeah. okay even i have a really bizarre international story i wish yeah. uh, this is regarding this uh, underwater observatory which is 2 kilometers off the coast of germany mm. that randomly just got lost um it was sending signals it was uh, you know a wave uh, different waves and uh, sounds and marine animals and this and of course i'm sure it was getting a lot more data it was unmanned entirely and it stopped sending signals and when they went and they sent divers down there they only found a cable uh, they didn't find uh, it's a, it's about 500 kg's um, equipment and it was forced you could see that it was forced forcibly picked up and uh, people are assuming that the russians are doing this so the russians have been sending um, spy submarines um, to different areas to go ahead and you know take uh, internet cables and i'm sure we all know that internet cables yeah. are a big deal between in yeah. Europe and True. America and I mean that's how we work there are yeah. cables running across the floor of the ocean bed yeah. uh, that the that the uh, Russian submarines have been you know going ahead and uh, trying to take inter- information from or just go ahead, going ahead and breaking them hmm. or stealing these wires so people are really confused about where this uh, observatory is right now <laughs> and it's it's the Russians it's not in front of our eyes so we don't care but so the observatory is sending signals but it's we don't know where it is no it's not it's just gone it's, it's just disappeared it, it stopped sending signals which is oh. when people went down to see where it was and it wasn't there anymore i see and uh, they're all assuming it's the russians but of course you can't say that to the russians in as many yeah. words because they're cool like that stretch <laughs> like andre yeah. on but was <laughs> <laughs> yeah i read this really bizarre story actually it happened uh, in february just before uh, trump met kim jong un and uh, so in madrid at the north korean embassy a mm-hmm. bunch of uh, so this guy just walked in and uh, he went to the back door of the embassy and uh, he opened it and nobody noticed right. and after a few minutes like these masked men wearing baklavas they uh, they came in with uh, like weapons right. and uh, they held everybody inside hostage there were about four north korean people so basically what these guys wanted was to for, for them to defect and oh. then uh, they started investigating and uh, after a couple of months recently they found out that they were korean americans there's oh. this group that goes by the name of free johnson hmm. and uh, one of them was a us marine wow yeah that's wow, that the most bizarre that is story really, really interesting it. though yeah anyway so let's move to the important stories hmm. that made news this week Aishwarya, why don't you start? Okay, I won't take too long since we have 12 minutes for each section, I've been told. Um, so I'll talk about the Tabriz and Sari chart sheet first. Uh, so I found out uh, through uh, some sources, I haven't been on the ground yet for this case uh, in Jharkhand, been for other cases, that the chart sheet was filed last month on um, 29th of July and uh, they um, they dropped the murder charge. Mm-hmm. Now the reason why this is very, very complicated and I'm sure Ayush could, I can add a lot to this is because there was a, I mean, uh, we all know that he was thrashed for about seven hours straight. The yeah. police came very, very late because of an alleged Maoist risk. Um, you know, they were not allowed to go out. Mm-hmm. And then they went ahead and came in the morning, took him to the, you know, there's a, there's a CCTV footage of him being taken in and out of the hospital, Sadar Hospital in Saraikela, where um, the doctor declared him medically fit. Mm-hmm. And there was a pro-panel, a three-member pro-panel in July, which went ahead and said that the police and the, and doctors, the doctors yeah. were responsible for his death. Mm-hmm. that A, the police should have come earlier and B, the doctors 
should have gone ahead and done the CT scan should have mm. been better and of course the police official told me off the record that we're not even sure if that Sadar hospital had a CT scan machine which is um, quite problematic but the interesting bit is that the police is using um, using the testimonies of the doctors mm-hmm. the double opinions of the doctors yeah. which, which says sudden cardiac arrest to drop the murder charge now these are the two the investigating agency and the basis of the of the testimony here the police are the two agencies that are that were held responsible by this pro panel yeah. report you know to have led to his death they yeah. could have prevented that from happening and these two have very you know smartly relied on each other yeah. uh, which is uh, which is very disconcerting ayush why don't you tell us a little bit more about what was happening then well i remember when the case broke uh, the biggest story was that first of all let's remember tabriz ansari was the period between when he was lynched and when he died five days mm. period was there and the family members had alleged that when they went to the police station in sarai kela garsama they the guy who had led the mob to lynch him this fellow called Pappu Mandal he's a local strong man Hmm. Uh, and when he was there he said how is this guy alive he Hmm. pointed to Tabrez and said why is he alive you know we we, we made sure we got him killed or something so the police had uh, the family had alleged that Hmm. so until unless we know what happened in those five days there is no point to speculating you know the, the heart attack bit especially if yeah. he had a heart attack first of all this in your story i read that the investigator also said that heart attacks can occur when you have you're in shock yeah after like o- that yeah, kind of beating yeah but it occurs when i've been beaten right now and i get shock i don't get mm. a shock 5 days later mm. i don't know if that happens yeah but and that I, postmortem report did reveal that he was hurt on the right side exactly, of his brain exactly. and, and that and could have led to the death and an investigative officer who in the who was in the team who was in uh, which was investigating this told me on my face of the record that the doctors hadn't done a good job when it yeah. came to you know assessing whether there's a possible mm. hemorrhage on yeah. the brain but you know the problem is when they talk about it they sound so nonchalant mm. and they sound uh, so irresponsible and yeah. they don't want any accountability and they think it's okay to just talk like that yeah you know what most police officers asked me when i was rep- do, do, uh, doing a report they said ki these things happen but why What's is delhi media Oh, yeah. like why have you come yeah. all the way from delhi to yeah. this one fellow who's been lynched in a village i remember you also mentioned uh, that one of them said that they only interested they only got interested because of the jay shri ram chants yeah yeah and yeah. because you know there was a whatsapp video yeah. and that got really uh, became very viral was any of these police right. officials who told you why you came one of those two who was suspended also no i didn't interact with those but this official who asked me was in the investigative team by the way so So I mean since you guys went and uh, you also went and met Pehlu Khan's uh, family right how does society you met people how does society react to these kind of incidents you know when you talk to people uh, there i mean at the village or neighbors what is their reaction like some of them it okay depends where you are uh mewat is a primarily uh, muslim area mm. uh so so most of the villages will have muslims or dalit scheduled caste scheduled tribes and they live very happily with each other yeah. um they actually relate to each other much more um and it's all chill they come to each other's weddings and stuff like that uh on the contrary pehlu's wife was shown the video of her husband being beaten by a hindu yeah. um who lived close by uh he came running to her and said yeah. see which was quite traumatizing of course for her she kept trying to call him mm. uh, while she was seeing that video and uh, yeah so when you go ahead and talk to 
the people there were four four people in this village hmm. um jaisingpur in mewat nu so um yeah a lot of them will just tell you that you know this is where they live or whatever but yeah there is a there's a fear in terms of none of those houses will have as many cows anymore hmm. um none of those houses b- want to get cattle from one place to another place anymore uh, you know there's a fear that you know let's just keep away from cattle and not do all of this and all of them have very small land holdings yeah. um so it's not like they can rely on their land to to live off it entirely so they're living a life of poverty right. so you can see that most of the houses are just not, are not even completed construction uh, the cement is coming off hmm. and stuff like that so yeah there is a fear but at the end of the day you're in mewat so you feel better but mewat is a, again one of the most not one of the most according to a niti aayog report it is the most backward district of india yeah. um so there of course and it is populated by muslims so yeah they do feel like there's nothing for them there's no industry for them at the same time they can't even rear cattle or sell cattle to make a living um but they find some comfort in the fact that there are muslims around right in uh, in the tabrez ansari uh, lynching i remember when i went to the village hmm. it uh, it actually shatters families so uh, it i went there almost 2 weeks after this incident happened and there were no men in the entire yeah, village there were I no men there there was just women hmm. small children and hmm. very old men i remember seeing one man and as i approached him he hmm. went into his house and when i kept knocking for a while he didn't come out hmm. because the police you know in even the police is rather you know you can say tyrannical hmm. they they suspect everyone and when the lynching happens you know the hmm. whole village gathers see what's happening right. so if you're in the company of people who might have killed this fellow you're in, you're a possible accused hmm. so all of them had escaped and they would go away for 6 months you know they are underground hmm. these people they probably still are yeah. and then after 6 months when things are forgotten they come back to the village the family just breaks yeah, and how do they these people you know how do the women for example uh, how do they get the resources to run a livelihood mm. and when i only get got to talk to women and they were you could tell you know looking at the faces that <laughs> life was hard yeah. and it just just become harder still right. so uh, the impacts these incidents have uh, have a huge you know you can say almost it creates a crater in that community yeah and i yeah i relate to what, what she said can you talk more about the way police deals with these cases well police if you do notice and this is ironic when i was in bihar and jharkhand i realized that the naxal thing is, is such an excuse there yeah. that when i was reporting in that same reporting assignment in bihar on the aes the acute encephalitis hmm. which had broken so when they were talking about uh, you know have you gone officials have you gone and you know campaigned in those villages over there in that part of bihar yeah. have you made people aware they said oh that's actually naxal affected we can't go there they didn't go there because Mm-hmm. didn't want to they just didn't have the will right. in kharsawa a week later they tell me that they didn't go and you know pick up tabrez and sari's uh, he was not dead then so it didn't pick, pick him up when they called him at 130 because they thought it's a naxal threat so the police works like that and when of course the national media may if your thana gets mm-hmm. registered yeah. then you are out and out then you have political pressure you have civil right. society pressure and you go out you catch everyone mm. who you know you think is an accused mm. or people who might just be innocent are turned yeah. into accused and in the pehlu khan case the sit report that has come has mm. sh- has said that the f- of the four investigating
investigating officers, the first investigating officer made 28 mistakes. Wow. And the second investigating officer came and didn't rectify those mistakes. And third guy came and didn't do much either. And the fourth guy came and on the basis of no new evidence, the six people who Pehlu Khan had allegedly named in his dying yeah. confession, yeah. he removed them off the, the list of accused. So when it comes to the police, mm. you know, um, whether it's irresponsibility or not being sympathetic or mm. being paid off, mm. um, whatever it is, but they they don't do their job correctly. I'm sure there are pressures that they f they have to face, which are very, very real as well. Yeah. Um, not taking away from that. We'll come to those, that Bihar story about those cops yeah. sooner or later. But uh, yeah, they don't do their job like they should. I was uh, in your piece, uh about Pehlu Khan, his wife said to you that the police were, and I'm quoting, the police were under pressure, the judge was under pressure, no one did their job like they should have. We're poor, poor people don't have the luxury of being heard in court. Do you think it's the same case in the, in yeah, the Brazes lynching? No, well? I don't. I don't. I think, yes, the murder charge being dropped is very, very problematic. Mm. But there are lots of things that they are doing right, which mm. there'll be a report on soon, but they are doing it right. Where, mm. where it's uh, how they're taking care of the video evidence or mm. how they're trying to ensure through forensic labs because a lot of voice needs to be used because the video was not very clear towards the night. Right. Um, so, no, I think they're, the IO is, it's not going to go the same way. I don't, I don't, I don't fear that. Uh, just okay. to put this into the context of the law, uh, everyone's saying that this is a case of dilution of the criminal offences filed against these 11 accused. Mm. But from what I understand, it's uh, Section 304 has been implemented instead of Section 302. Yeah. And 304 is uh, culpable homicide not amounting to mm. murder, which still gives you life imprisonment. You're still, mm. You can still get life imprisonment for that. And uh, 302 is capital punishment. Yeah, but you're talking about families here who've seen, who want retribution, you know, and it's not about, and of course there'll be yeah, arguments on Yeah, but the law is not charge. going to play favorites no, to no, someone no. who wants retribution. That's not the point. This is not law. This is the police's investigation. No, I'm saying that is this actually a case of dilution of the offenses filed against uh, the accused? At this level, it is uncalled for. The law says that if someone dies on the spot after being beaten up, then it results to capital punishment. In this case, he didn't. And this is the IPC stating that. No, it is the... It's the opinion of, no, so I don't know, okay, I mean, you might know better about the on-the-spot and the terminology, but the point is, if you can show that whether whether or not those wounds had anything to do with, with the death, death, yeah, if there was negligence on, and the fact that a year, like a month ago, no, two months ago in July, a probe team found out mm, that the police this. and the doctor, uh, a government uh, body found out that the police and the, were responsible, police yeah. and mm. the doctors were responsible for his death, then it feels like you're trying to not place responsibility for that anywhere of course there's there'll be arguments on charge the judge will decide whether or not those arguments are permissible or but not what but what is the line what is the difference of the, the line between capital punishment and life imprisonment is very thin in general no all it's, this is something that the judge will decide eventually when the deliberation happens the trial happens and the witnesses no, come no, in of course the judge will decide but yeah. the judge now cannot book him for capital punishment because there is no 302 correct so my argument is that what is the difference between capital punishment and 302 which is uh, uh, and 304 which is life imprisonment it's, it's about the charge of murder but That's it's it. a very stringent uh, law to enforce on someone right yeah, either you get sent to jail for your life or you get sent to capital punishment which is rare so it's not really a case of dilution of charges is my point. You know, it's not like it's not like Pelu Khan where people were acquitted straight up. The punishment is as strong as it was before. It's just that he's not he's ju he's just there's just no capital punishment in it anymore. Am I wrong on this? No, I feel like the charge of murder, section uh, 302 of the IPC 
needed to have been a part of the police's submittal to the court okay and there should have been an arguments on charge where you go ahead and say what you want to based on your opinion but now it's not in the charge sheet but it's been dropped off the charge sheet and this is a lot about uh, the family also the fact that he was murdered and the fact that he was beaten up for 7 hours mm-hmm. uh, it's also about the collective consciousness it's it's also about trying to repose faith in the judiciary it's also about the family feeling like they've um you know that they can trust the law and they can trust the police investigation and the investigating agencies and officials etc so for them yeah all this at the eventually it might matter not matter is a is a call for 7 years later or 6 years later or 1 year later according to the supreme court guidelines and it's to be day to day hearings mm-hmm. in such cases fast track courts which will happen uh, but um that is for something to deliberate much later but for the police to drop it when they themselves are involved and have a hand to play in the fact that he died and it, they were negligent coming late with the um, doctors not doing their uh, check up properly etc etc on the contrary the third day he felt like vomiting and, and they called a doctor from the hospital and they called him to the jail and they checked him up there and they didn't send him to the hospital fourth day is when he started puking and stuff and he collapsed and was brought dead mm-hmm. so in such a scenario you add the section and you let them argue in court this imagery also sounds very similar to what happened in unnao uh where the father was in jail right when he when he yeah. died and he succumbed to his injuries in jail but even yeah. in that case he was sent to jail uh because the court said that okay yeah he's fine to go to jail but in jail he fell sick yeah so the imagery is quite similar and to that and by the way well. the local sentiment of the tabrez ansari murder was that the villagers actually thought that he got what he should have he, because they all thought they he all was said, a thief yeah that he was yeah. a thief his father was a thief from what i know he most probably was involved in a robbery when he yeah, was lynched yeah i wanted to ask you about but this but the local sentiment was that he got what he deserved and i think by not booking him under tz302 they are playing to that local sentiment because in my piece i have uh, interviewed the bjp guy also mm-hmm. yeah. and he says they reproduced like you know like rod- rodents even, and uh, criminals and mm-hmm. things even like that i so, spoke to said are jo unke sath jo do aur thi na atabris ke sath do aur unka bhi criminal past hai yeah like how does that matter yaar yeah and mo- this is what he was you asked them to show the proof they never show you by he was an alleged robber he was a robber he was involved in an act of robbery sort and that's of. why he was he's taking a bike right yeah so it changes house, the yeah. way i look at it for sure little bit yeah. so you didn't read my report when it came not out not fully okay it was in the <laughs> beginning actually anyway <laughs> we talk about it now on the podcast anyway garav can we talk about the priya ramani and mj akbar hearing yeah so we'll uh, can let's you give a quick recap quick it won't yeah. be 9000 words so uh, <laughs> we i'll pick up from where we left off last time yeah. um so on saturday priya ramani uh, produced evidence in her defense for the first mm-hmm. time against mj akbar in the defamation case filed against her by the ex union minister yeah um she basically on saturday in front of acmm summer vishal she narrated about how um she recalled the incident from 1993 mm-hmm. uh, when uh, mj akbar had allegedly called her to a hotel room at the oberoi yeah. in bombay yeah. and had behaved with her in a sexually colored mm-hmm. manner mm-hmm. which is this incident is the basis of the entire fiasco that right. is going on you know because yeah. this is where uh, uh, mj apparently offered her uh, an alcoholic beverage mm-hmm. sang yeah. old hindi old songs to her to so her. creepy yeah and like oh. his bed was turned down for the night and he asked her to come sit on a two seater cushion sofa right next mm-hmm. to the bed trying to create an intimate space so mm. she recalled all of this in front of the court uh, mm. let's be clear that she had an option to not produce evidence in her defense but she chose to do that right. so she's one of the witnesses and there are two more who will come on one mm. is her childhood friend nilofa venkatraman mm-hmm. who is one of the witnesses in this case from bombay cause okay. uh, priya had met her before and after the incident okay and the other is uh, ghazala wahab from the wire uh-huh. she had also leveled allegations against yeah. mj yeah so priya ramani's chief statement was given on saturday but on monday 
her cross examination was conducted by MJ's counsel, senior mm. advocate Geeta Luthra. Mm. And that is where, uh, you know, you could see a lot of strategy coming into play. Right. Uh, like like the first 20 minutes when uh, Priya was in the witness box, mm. the first 20 minutes, the questions that she was asked, they were about, uh, tell me where you started working, how many years you worked there, give me five exact headlines that you wrote back in 98 or something like that. Okay. And uh, who all did you look up to when you were a journalist, studying to become a journalist or stuff like that. So time wasting, sure, intimidating, hmm. little bit. Yeah, you can yeah. only answer in yes or no is what hmm. Gita Luthra was telling all the time. You can't volunteer information. Yeah. But it came to a point where um, Gita Luthra straight up was just like, this is the figment of your imagination. This incident at the Oberoi Hotel didn't ever happen. Hmm. You're saying this two years later to maliciously uh, damage Mr. Akbar's hmm. reputation. That's legal gaslighting, right? Yeah. I mean, you're just telling a person something didn't happen, which they actually went through. It's also a courtroom tactic you know, to try and rattle the witness when she's in the witness box. Hmm. Uh, especially if you're the prosecution, you're going to try and do that very well. But uh, Priya was actually, I think she was really, really cool yeah, in the witness box because she's, try- she's, she- she's trying to get rattled. Gita Lutra is trying to rattle her and asking her answer in yes or no. Tell me first you worked at this place, then where did you go from there, blah, blah, blah. So at one point, Gita Lutra is asking, okay, cool, you started working at the Asian age. Mm. She says, yeah, I worked here for this this much time. I covered the stockbrokers. Mm. Where did you go after that? She, so she said, L, where mm. did you go after that? So then, did you go to Cosmo, etc., etc.? Mm. And Priya just looked at Gita Lutra and is like, uh, you actually forgot one magazine in the middle. Uh, you know, if we are going in chronological order, wouldn't you want to ask that first? <laughs> yeah. So it was mm. like, I mean, she's, she's standing up to the pressure being built in the courtroom. And I feel ACMM Samar Vishal has done a fantastic job at just keeping the courtroom very composed. He's funny. Uh, He tries to lighten everything that's Mm. going on in the courtroom. And uh, we'll see now. I think a cross-examination will come come to an end next month. And then the other witnesses will be produced after that. When is the next? Sometime in November. Okay. All right. So it's for two months. You have no Priya Romani. This is going on till New Year's. (laughs) But till November, you don't have anything. Yeah. Please don't tell Raman sir that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Aish, why don't we talk about your uh, story on Chinman and... Oh, yeah. Uh, So the context of it is First, please tell us what is the story. Yeah. So that you don't pull this card off. You've not read my story again. (laughs) Context. What is the context? Is this look uh, on twenty third of August? uh, But it's been two weeks. Mm. This video emerges on Facebook where a girl, she's twenty three year old, she's saying that one a saint, very influential saint, who has the SP and the DM in his pocket, has ruined the lives of many girls, and uh, he has threatened to kill my family, and I have evidence against him. Next day, she goes missing. Okay, I don't know anything about her. In the meantime, we realize that the person she's talking about is Chinmanand. Chinmanand is to Shah Jahanpur what Godfather was to New York. <laughs> okay, right? that's a good analogy. Okay, yeah. he he. Uh, all the journalists in Shah Jahanpur go to his school. Mm-hmm. All the d- lawyers come from his college. Okay. All the businessmen are the trustees of his institutions. Oh. Um, all the, you can say, Yogi Adityanath is his best friend okay. since two, three decades. So he has legal, social, economic, political capital. Mm-hmm. So he's the man in Shah Jahanpur. He's the man. Okay. In, and so it, it it it's a controversy, it's a scandal of sorts. And I'm doing a long profile, which mm-hmm. I've it's out now you can uh, you can read it but I realized also that uh, Chinmanand actually has a history of uh, trying to you know derail uh, you know sexual assault 
victim or be okay. little her so when the asaram bapu case was going mm-hmm. on in the asaram bapu case the victim belonged to shahjahanpur the good part of the initial uh, trial went in deciphering whether the girl who asaram had exploited was a minor okay because if she's a minor then this posco and this yeah. posco this harsher punishment so the asaram's team actually tried very hard to prove that she's not a minor that's she's the a, story that you read yeah huh. she's a she's a she's an adult so i have a quick question here mm-hmm. you know if if these allegations have been leveled against anand for so long mm-hmm. why are we hearing about it like why is why is this why are we hearing about it for the first time this is this one it seems like it's it's a series of ongoing things that has been happening in shahjahanpur yeah, at so least from what the witness is saying so in this the case. asaram bapu case he is not guilty of assault okay. so what is That's it a god man helping another god man yeah, so yeah. asaram's victim was a student in chenmenan school okay. and the school fabricated a document to show that she's an adult that she was born in 95 okay. and she was born in 97 okay. so that was the story that i did now chinmayanand has a history he 2011 he had a case this is his second case known that came into the limelight uh, in the 2011 case nothing actually uh, came out of it actually yogi adityanath tried to get that case off him he got many cases off himself and in that process chinmayanand pe bhi wo chahta tha ki wo case hat jaye hata nahi abhi bhi chal raha so we don't know what will happen on that but being a strongman being a strongman in up you can imagine the kind of you know uh, pressures there are against you when the family this girl's father who posted a youtube video went to the sp saying you know i have a complaint i have an fir mm-hmm. against chinmayanand he said ki aap apna acha bura soch lijiye aapko pata hai aap kis pe fir kar rahe hain sp not even some local <laughs> sho mm-hmm. huh? so these things happened that i met the parents the and the girl also went missing right for a couple of yeah. days and then she was found she in, found in uh, rajasthan first she, she was, was in delhi, delhi. she was she they came to know but what i noticed shahjahanpur and uh, you probably you'll relate to it uh, you know we've been reporting in haryana and uh, interlands that there is an industry of misogyny in small town india sure and what i realized was that everyone just wanted to talk about or question the girl's character or the character of a family mm. and chinmayanand was someone who was great and saintly and yeah. because you know all these journalists and politicians and writers they've all have been patronized by him at some mm-hmm. point or the other they didn't dare to say a bad word about him but now that today morning this fantastic video has come out ayush yeah yeah oh my now god we, we, tell we us more about the video watch the video when i was in uh, when i was in shahjahanpur i heard that you know the girl had the video in which uh, chinmayanand and her are in compromising positions or okay. something and obviously she alleges rape so it can be her video but it can also be some other person how is there a video of this floating around in general so how? it came out today and i've had heard about this video in shahjahan she's held the press conference yesterday if i'm not wrong yeah. she held up but how yeah. she recorded the video is the fun yeah, bit yeah she's 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 wearing specs and she's put a camera on her specs where did can, she well where did she her. get it from No, you get she that. Must have. Really? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she, she, I think she really uh, made sure that she gets him. Right. And look, we don't know if it's the same girl or if it's some other girl. You know, mm-hmm. she said there are many girls yeah, sh- so uh, whose life she has ruined. Them. So mm-hmm. it can be one of them. Mm-hmm. So Chinmayanand is now in a spot, and mm-hmm. he. This is a guy who was one of the six people who brought down the Babri Masjid. By mm-hmm. the way, you know, he's been the. He. That's why he gathers so much respect because yeah. he's associated with the Ram Janmabhoomi movement. Mm-hmm. But you see any movement happening on this forward, or you think it's like a stalemate sort of situation no, no, it's be. going very forward uh, actually it's galloping the sit team was constituted by the supreme court they've already questioned you know her there's no obviously you can guess why but there's no 
step to make sure that he's in custody the mm. fir has not been filed right no by whom uh, in shah jahanpur they said in delhi they have but in shah jahanpur no, they have filed they moved filed. it filed to the, FIR. The, f- the family has filed an fir in shah jahanpur for the missing child for uh, for kidnapping and criminal abduction no but uh, which what was the fir that was filed in lodi road police station and that was referred to shah jahanpur I haven't taken a look. Oh, that I has not been. Don't know about okay. That. I don't think that's been filed because there was a statement by her recently saying they aren't filing yeah. the FIR in yeah. Shah Jahanpur also. Yeah, they weren't. When she went missing, they weren't. But on twenty seventh August, that is four days after she went missing, they filed an FIR. So that's that. So the profile is a history, his uh, politics, his origins, his uh, experiments with piety and power. Great guys, yeah. don't miss out on uh-huh. reading Aisha's piece on Chinmay Anand on Newslaundry dot com. Gaurav, especially you, <laughs> 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 guys. Let's start with Gaurav. Let's move to stories that didn't make news but should have. Yeah, I think uh, Telegraph did a very uh, important story called "A Day of Hell for Journalists oh, in yeah, Kashmir." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, thank God you guys read it because social media we will read it. Because in the initial initial few hours, I thought it wasn't getting any traction online, hmm. and the it was it talked about journalists getting assaulted by the police the yeah. kashmir jnk uh, police and one of the person when i read the story turned out to be a friend you know oh someone God. i had met mm. talked to so um, it said that story said that it was the harshest day for journalists in the valley mm. since august 5th and when when in the initial few days the police was really going after the local journalists yeah. so in this story they the girl talks about how they broke her car with batons how an international journalist you know when they tried to whip out a camera to mm. shoot the police force mm. just pounced on them there's a picture the article images of a journalist in the press club showing his back mm. and it's all brown and pink yeah. because of the assault so uh, i i don't know uh, why journalists of all people are being treated by like this in what you call what is this the um, largest democracy in the world etc yeah. um this really needs to go out i mean if journalists are being treated like that you can imagine how citizens Common people are being treated. must be mm. going through yeah all right and uh, gorov do you have anything uh yeah so i think there's this case of uh, karthi chidambaram evading tax in madras yeah. so basically the registrar general of the madras high court on monday uh, filed a detailed written submission before the court saying that a tax evasion case against uh, karthi chidambaram and his wife shrinidhi was rightfully transferred from a magistrate court to a special court for hearing cases that is meant specially for mps and legislative assemblies So this was not this was reported on by the Hindu I read it in the Hindu hmm. uh considering the amount of noise around Karthi and his father you yeah. know in general yeah. this should have been picked up by the national media to at least make a point that okay cool there is one more uh, assets case that is going yeah. on uh, just to give a brief background there was a 1.13 1.13 acre property that Karthi sold and evaded tax on it allegedly hmm. and uh, it didn't make it to the headlines anywhere at least i'm not sure that it did mm. and it happened on monday mm. uh, this could have been something that could have been explored you know uh, right. especially since his father is going to be produced in court within the next yeah. 72 hours could have been nice for the national media to pick this up as well uh ishwara you have a very interesting interview that you did recently right yeah uh so so this jamiat ulama e hind is this deoband based um organization that has the largest network 
uh, of organized mosques across India over 2000. Um, they are a very they, they are Barelvis are bigger. They are mm-hmm. Diobandi, but uh, they they are more, more the most organized. And the head is Maulana Arshad Madni. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very odd that on a on a, over a weekend he met uh, the RSS chief Mohan Bhagwat. He traveled from Dioband to Delhi to meet him. Wow. So we I approached him and I asked him if I could do an interview, and he agreed. And then he met me and he disagreed, and then he agreed again. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we be, I basically wanted to understand why is it that he met him how did that meeting come into being who approached whom Mm -hmm. Um, what did you guys talk about and uh, you can call him naive or you can call him desperate but he went to the extent of saying that you know that the RSS chief um, said that um, so it seems uh, the Maulana brought up uh, writings of um, that were against secularism as well as um, Muslims Mm -hmm. which are written by uh, people who the RSS look up to Mm -hmm. and he said uh, allegedly the Mohan Bhagwa turned around and said that uh, RSS abhi logo ka mohtaj nahi raha hai. Yeah. So that when, and he went, he said that the Hindu Rashtra idea is not central and core to the RSS. That's what right. he's told the Maulana. Now, uh, the Maulana seemed very, very hopeful about it. He's an old man. Um, and um, he feels like, you know, this is a, this is, this is what I think, I think for his community he's doing to try to broker any kind of peace considering uh, the kind of and he acknowledges that there is a climate of hate um, you know he's not uh, he's not denying that at all but he mm. feels like this that he met this big he, he almost sounded like at one point he was like itne bade aadmi hai mohan bhagwat ji unko to hame milne ki zarurat nahi thi but hame mile hain wo so certain things mm. felt a little off but what was yeah. interesting was to get him on record to find out what the discussion was about right. yeah. and i felt like that is uh, i mean the fact that these two met is a very interesting uh, reflection of um, of of where india is right now and of course molana came all the way here to meet him uh, so that was one thing that i felt like should have, could have made much more news right. and the second was regarding these cops in Bihar being thrashed in Muzaffarpur mm-hmm. uh, by an angry bunch of uh, villagers um, who beat them up, nose bleeding, uh, thrashed them and uh, they had to fire in the air to get the villagers why, off them. Why did it happen? Because there were bodies of two um, boys from the village that was found in a ditch okay. and the police was trying to say that they drowned mm-hmm. uh, but the villagers were really really angry mm-hmm. and they started beating them up. Now I know that very often when these mob attacks happen, when it's motivated by um, something communal on mm-hmm. religious lines mm-hmm. or by caste we tend to report on it Mm. Uh, and we should uh, we should dive deep we should uh, do follow-ups and we should stay with cases but I feel like oftentimes when it's just Hindus or people in uniform we tend to not uh, do ground reports so you'll only read reports about it uh, but you'll read nothing uh, detailed about Mm -hmm. uh, these cops being thrashed so Mm. I wish that had got more coverage you know that reminds me that when I was in Muzaffarpur um, I had one day I was reporting on the AES thing and I had one day left so I had nothing to do then so there's a place near Muzaffarpur called Motihari mm. and uh, I, you know I, Orwell was born there in right. Motihari mm. and I thought you know I should just go mm. visit the bloody place how it's like so as I was going to the railway station on the way I had noticed that people of a locality in Muzaffarpur had totally blocked a square they stopped the traffic these people from a normal neighborhood poor people mm. they mm. just blocked the traffic mm. they burned some tires they were mm. arguing with anyone who dared to cross mm. the point and when I did a story on it mm. I didn't go to Motihari yeah. that day mm. and the story they had just done that because 
in their own locality there was no water since 4 yeah. 5 days there was no sanitation the yeah. garbage had piled up there was pictures. shit yes. they had mm. nothing they know the mm. the bloody mla had probably promised them something but they haven't been getting that since 3 years yeah. and so people in bihar you know she they beat up cops yeah. and i realized that things are so bad that in order to assert yourself and make yourself you know heard you have, have to, to do, go to, to that yeah. extent yeah. uh and imagine how so. uh, fearless or how um, how they're not scared of any consequences yeah. to just beat up someone in Absolutely. uniform yeah. yeah yeah it's troubling that's probably because they're desperate i mean what that's probably because I don't know. what will happen to so. them wouldn't be wouldn't be as bad as what they are actually going through yeah exactly yeah. that's what yeah so coming to stories that shouldn't have made news at all garov uh the emotional aftermath of the chandrayaan 2 failure <laughs> that was yeah. ridiculous it's all it's all that's been showing up on yeah. my timeline for a while now <laughs> i don't see why nasa has to fist bump isro because they did a good job but uh, i'm not saying that don't track whether 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 lander is in fact mm. anyone who's been keeping an eye on the isro website will mm. know that that particular page has been down for a while mm. yeah. it was activated again today when the orbiter located it mm. right. but uh, do we really need to first show modi hugging the isro chief then debating it. whether he hugged him or pulled him towards himself why does nasa need to give isro a thumbs up for taking an attempt for all of this i mean this is just noise you attempted yeah. something it was a great thing to attempt uh obviously not to take away anything from the scientists etc in fact the orbiter is still doing its job you know it can still pick up signals from yeah. the rover and the uh, lander over there But, it was uh, like you know candy for modi fans you yeah. know like when they zoomed into his face and his you know he had this very pensive yeah. face while he was hugging him <laughs> the bhaichara basically yeah. was a little ott if you ask yeah so me. there was there were a bunch of these articles clickbait headlines where uh, they were saying picking up two three tweets or some comments from um, people in pakistan to say that you know they're ridiculing india's chandrayaan mission and i felt like that was a really uh, i mean that's just really random kind of journalism there's just so much more to do um, even Not, even in terms of what is trending and not trending you know there's so many better things a social media team can pick yeah. up than that uh, that was particularly irritating because i remember there were these posts being shared on instagram mm. and on if you went to the comments of those posts pakistanis themselves were commenting and saying this is all rubbish oh. you know hamara to space mission hi nahi hai hum kya bolenge aapko and you know well done and stuff like that so yeah. it was amazing yeah, yeah and the people in india today print News 18. I counted th- these three. They had dedicated articles on. Oh, this guy trolled uh, Indian space missions failure. Look how he got roasted, <laughs> and you know the things like that. And I thought that that's completely needless. Yeah. We don't and need to report some idiot. If you saw like rubbish. what was trending for a bit was India fails, oh. and the Indians who were responding to these things were also uh, hashtagging India fails. Yeah. So it was just like, what are you guys <laughs> doing? Are so stupid, all of you. Yeah. I mean, watching Twitter trends every day. If you do it every day. you'll actually i think you'll start losing your mind yeah it's so ridiculous the way it works true anyway that brings us to recommendations let's start with gorov uh so i've been reading uh pitman's shorthand which is basically a, a self help book on how to write shorthand oh. for all those who don't know what shorthand is it basically reduces the number of brush strokes you put on paper mm. so that uh, just picture writing words the way they sound instead of the way they are spelled and uh, the symbols looking a bit like egyptian hieroglyphs like mm. that so it's you can write about 260 words a minute if you know how to use the pitman shorthand are you trying to learn yeah because wow. that's exactly what's that used in the court that'll help you so much yeah. with co- yeah, yeah exactly that's that's what the steno below yeah. the judge uses usually to write and it'll be it's a very lost art i feel in general i don't think that's anyone true. uses that i i don't so it would be I nice to learn something i haven't seen anyone use shorthand ayush 
one book and a podcast uh, the book is since you're talking about how police can really botch up an investigation mm. that is critical i think aviruk sen's book on the arushi talwar murder oh, okay, yeah. that is a great mm-hmm. uh, you know it shows how the police fucks it up mm-hmm. and the second is uh, the scene in the unseen ka latest episode uh, with santosh desai mm. it's the most thought provoking and you know rich conversation i've heard no what is that about it's about india's encounter with modernity and santosh desai is one of the most one of the best columnist india had and okay. he just talks about caste gender mm. you know tra- why do people not follow traffic rules in india and his answers and his perspective is so unique okay. you'll really like it okay i have a recommendation uh, so there's this um, podcast by the quint called urdu nama Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes one urdu word and uh, through music through poetry uh, by talking to um, scholars urdu um, urdu professors um, and islamic scholars and you know very interesting people it explains through songs as well because mm-hmm. a lot of old hindi music also has these urdu words yeah. it's a beautiful weekend podcast to listen to it comes every um, fortnight uh, by fabiha saeed who has this beautiful voice that puts you in a really really happy place uh, so definitely listen to the urdu nama which comes every fortnight on the quint all right and my recommendation is this book called americana by chimamanda ngozi adichie and uh, it's about uh, this nigerian girl who moves to america and uh, i'll guess it for you she comes to america she is discriminated but she rises above it all yeah so basically she's a she starts uh, blogging about race in america right and right. how different suddenly she becomes aware of being black Oh. you know and uh, then she goes back to nigeria and how it has changed uh, how people who come back from abroad behave mm. and a lot of things like even the political scenario there right. the military and everything i anyway. had a pen friend in nigeria i really? don't know what happened to her <laughs> yeah Uh, also guys you know if you like the kind of work that we're doing in terms of podcast reports uh, explainers do tell your friends and your family and colleagues about it so that uh, we can be encouraged to do more of this for you guys in the future also we're very eager to hear your feedback please write to us at contact@newslaundry.com at with reporters without orders in the subject line you can also leave your comments on twitter and if you want to say something to gorov then make it on instagram and with that this podcast is adjourned thank you All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please